This is the Ruck Infringement Podcast with Joey Alchin. Legends, welcome back to another episode of the Ruck Infringement Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joey, and this week I'm joined by some of the most beautiful people in Australia, maybe even the world. Let's start off with the man to my left, Reese Boxy Door. How are you, Boxy? Very good, thank you, mate. How are you doing? Oh, I'm beautiful. And the backdrop, not many people can hear it because uh, can see it because they're listening to a podcast, but he's got the uh, Golden Gate Bridge there in America. Beautiful uh, background. He is in Australia, though. And at the bottom, we have Craig Gloves Glover. I've just named you Gloves now. Gloves, how are you, mate? Good, thank you, mate. I've been called a lot worse, so don't worry about that. <laughs> Well, let's just say the gloves are coming off when we talk about the Tigers. And, of course, uh, yes. Reese, our other Reese, will be joining us a little later. All right, boys, let's get straight into it. What a round four of the NRL that we had. Let's go back through it. We start with Thursday night. What a clash. Oh, hang on. We're going to pause for a sec because Reese is here. He's with us. So it didn't take long at all. Uh, round four, boys. So we went back to Thursday night. It was the Parramatta Eels against the Penrith Panthers. Eels getting it done 17-16. Boxy, you called it, mate. Eels getting the win. I did. I was, uh, I was a bit sceptical. Yeah. I, I did with Craig, sat there to the last minute, and when he, he mentioned that little multi he threw on, <laughs> I was like, oh, I better get on it. And then, uh, yeah, I'm glad I changed in the last five minutes because, yeah, what a game. It was a great game. You're welcome. Yeah. (laughs) It was a game that was, I don't know, I want to say marred with controversy, but it was more at the end of the game. Obviously, Junior Palo giving away a Sinbin penalty right at the end, which led to a clutch play by Nathan Cleary. And what a clutch play that was. I have never seen anything like that in my life. And then... For them to go into Golden Point and Mitch Kenny to give away a stupid penalty, Sinbin as well, and that sort of just won it for the Eels there. I thought Penrith would probably in with a chance without that penalty, but Gloves, it's it was an interesting game because Parramatta have this record now against Penrith at Combank Stadium, and Penrith haven't won there in the past three games. Yeah, it was a great game. Uh, as mentioned, Reese had... I tipped Parramatta. I thought they would win, but I was very nervous when when I saw that 40-metre field goal at full time. I thought, oh, here we go. But Moses did well. He did. I saw something during the week that he actually kicked for 1,065 metres, which is now a kicking record. That's insane. I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a halfback or any player kick that much. Uh, Reese, did you tip Parramatta, mate? You went Penrith, didn't you? Yeah, I went with uh, went with the Panthers on this one. So it's uh, yeah. Look, look, let's put it this way: I had, I had a shocking round. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I look, yeah, you know, I've been doing fairly well. You have. This, this round is like, you know, the end of the point where I'm like, yeah, tipping is fun. <laughs> your your round is how I started. I had two, three from eights, and then I started, and I got five, and then this week six. But uh, we'll talk about what we got a bit later because I know Boxy's very excited. But let's move on to our second game. It's our first Friday night game, Melbourne Storm against the West Tigers. Now, Storm getting it done 24-12, but I wasn't convinced with Melbourne in this game. 
they ran away with it in that first half. And there were no, uh, the only points that came from Melbourne in that second half was a penalty goal in the 65th minute. The Tigers in the second half, Craig, Tigers looked the goods in that second half. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, it was all summed up when they lost the scrum. They had the feet of the scrum. They lost it, and they put the camera on Robbie Farrow, who was in disbelief. But, yeah, yeah, I, I do agree with what you were saying, but, yeah, I'm just running out of patience. So it's hard to come up with nice things to say at the moment. Yeah, mate, it's definitely tough. Boxy, do you think it was a case of, as I just said there, the Tigers were better in that second half, or did Melbourne just take the foot off the pedal and just tried to play a defensive game in that second half? I will throw a bit of a take into this. I think Melbourne are going to start sliding big time soon. Yeah. And I think it's it's obviously showing because, you know, don't get me wrong, I, I like the Storm. I like Craig Bellamy. But he's obviously short on troops. And no offence, they should have snapped the Tigers. Oh, 100%. And they only beat him by, what, 12 points in the end, I yeah. believe it was? Yep. Like... They, they should be smashing them. But at the same time, you know, I, I think it's – Melbourne will still be up there, but I think the Tigers really have a lot of questions they need to look at. And I think that Tim Sheens should definitely not have been taken as coach. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's – I'm not part of the board. I'm not a football fanatic like that, but, you know. You should be, mate. It'd be, it'd be, yeah, yeah. Maybe <laughs> AFL. But, uh, um. Yeah, I just yeah, but it's it's a there's a yes and a no to both like questions that you've asked. So yeah, yeah, mate, I definitely agree with what you're saying there about um, something needs to be done. I think Craig, it comes back to that number seven that we keep talking about. I've just read that there's been a SOS call put out to Mitchell Pierce to bring yes. him back from France. Yes, so try and. And I, I like the the there was like a Fox Sports thing saying, How desperate are you? And yeah. I was just like, Gosh, Jesus. I like, mean oh. I mean, look, Piercy was good at the Roosters, but he's a bit past it now. But I guess he has the experience. He does have a calm head as experience. half. Yeah. And I think but the, the the issue I have is that after that performance, people are saying Brooks was shit, he should be dropped. But again, he's been picked. Again, he's been selected. And it's week after week after week. Sheen's backs him. Everyone keeps backing him. And when are they going to get to this point where they go, it's just not good enough, Brooksy? Hey, Craig, you might be able to answer this for me, but do they have anyone waiting in the wings? Well, that was our, not as much waiting in the wings, I suppose, but we've got Brendan Wakeham there. And I think it's, you know... He played in the trial match against Canberra. I don't want to put too much on that, but he just seemed comfortable out there. He knew what he was doing. And now, now I think he's just doesn't know where he fits in the whole jigsaw puzzle. So big calls got I to think make. Probably so, the, they've got a tough run probably too. The, probably the main thing is like if you're Tim Shane's like you're not gonna, you know, drop someone who's getting paid one point something million a season, are you? Like how does yeah. like do you know, I saw something oh, today, though, that Luke Brooks is on $1.1 million a season. Nico Hines is on 600000 Go to the coasty. Like, you, you, you look at that and you go, Luke Brooks is a top five halfback when it comes to price in the NRL. In the top five. 
he's still being paid on potential. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was big, big talk about him when he was coming in as the next Andrew Johns, and yeah, well, he he, uh, he was rookie of of the year in his first season. Yeah, a long, long time ago now, and they're still (laughs) paying him on the potential. So yeah, not results. Let's move on to our second. Like the, (laughs) sorry, seems like the. Yeah, mate. uh, I was just saying, like, it just seems like a a a coincidence of like Gray Junior, not a good senior player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you see it a lot. We've seen it throughout the years at multiple clubs. But let's move on from that. Look, oh. onwards and upwards uh, for the Tigers, just for, for Craig here. Uh, I'll start with you, mate. So we had the Battle of Brisbane, the Dolphins against the Broncos. Broncos getting it done 18-12 there in Brisbane. Uh, Katoni Staggs with that try at the end, saying it's our effing house at the end of the of that try. What do you think of this game? I mean, fair enough. You know, I mean, you look at the um, look at the Dolphins' outfit, and I think we've all been fairly impressed by what they've they come up with. But eventually, they're going to come up against some pretty fierce opposition. You can't fault the Broncos for how well they've done this season. So, I think uh, moving forward, good reality check for the Dolphins uh, for the rest of the season. I still think they've got a lot to offer, but um, yeah, at some point they need to be humbled sooner or later. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Uh, Broncos 4-0 and at the moment, undefeated. Boxy, I know you're a Cowboys fan, but is it good seeing the Queensland teams at the top of the table? I think it's good for rugby league, to be honest. Uh, like <laughs> it's, it? It's, it, it, yeah, like, you know, the Panthers have been so dominant for so long. Yeah. And, you know, there's always, you know, Melbourne Storms up there. It's good to see them actually out of the eight. And, like, you know, just seeing a couple other things, I think it's good for NRL in general to see a different array of teams all up there. So Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's It's been really good. I The Battle of Brisbane for me was great because there was so much talk during the week. Wayne Bennett coming out saying it's Suncorp Stadium. I know how they play. I, I, I know the stadium back to front. Uh, it doesn't phase us, blah, blah, blah. You know, obviously losing Sean O'Sullivan during the match did not help at all. And he's looking at 12 to 16 weeks on the sideline, which is massive. But Craig, my question to you, mate, uh, what we've seen from the Dolphins so far is reset. It's, it's, it's been incredible. To be 3-0 and to start the season was great for a brand new team. But I'm not seeing a lot of upside coming up. I've actually gone a different approach this week. But what are you making of the Dolphins now after a loss? I think just going back to the game, the fact that they they were in it to the last minute, like that they did a lot better than I thought they would. Losing their hitman Percy and as you mentioned, Sullivan and Milford coming in for his first game, I thought was you know relatively solid. How long can they keep that up? They're always going to be tested when they had injury suspensions, and I think that's what's hitting them at the moment. So yeah, I think the adrenaline's going to the enthusiasm's going to running up pretty quick, and they'll start to drop down a little bit. So. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Mr. Eyeliner Reese Walsh was absolutely electrifying again. What a beautiful man. Anyway, let's move on to our first game of Super Saturday. It was Boxy's Cowboys against the Titans. The Cows getting it done 24 to 12. Finally, after two losses at home, Boxy, they're back. Oh, I won't say they're back yet. <laughs> um, I, I will say this. I thought Tommy Chester and Tommy Dearden were amazing on the yeah. weekend. Um, but, yeah, Tommy Chester's try, obviously, you can sit there and go, oh, how much damn pressure did he get? But, no, it's a good win. And, and a, a very good opponent, too, because I think the Titans are going to be pushing for the eight pretty hard this year. So, yeah, I, I'll take it. 
I think the Titans were a bit unlucky. Losing Kieran Foran and AJ Brimson during that match was huge for them. To lose two 100%. players in your spine, like that's massive. But, man, Craig, there's some raps on this Khan Pereira. He got two in this game. He's an electrifying winger. Yeah, he's very, very good. They, they do well at producing him up there. And, they do. Um, yeah, it was. I watched this game and it was enjoyable to see. Yeah. Good to watch. It, Other than the injuries. so But the yeah. Titans... They hung in there. They they did. I mean, there, there was one stage where there was one man on the bench and you look at that yeah. bench and you're like, wow, that, that is a somber place to be right now. Uh, Reese, I want to talk a bit about Jeremiah Nano. I don't know if you know a whole lot about him, but scored the first try for the Cowboys in this game and he's become a bit of a try-scoring machine. Last season, he just kept scoring tries in that second row, but he is now out for two weeks. Do you think having a player who is so prolific in try scoring. Do you think having a player out like that is uh, going to damage the Cowboys? Yeah, I think it's it's going to have an impact, surely. It, it's just a question of, you know, you have to look at the rest of your squad and just think, yeah. you know, who's going to stand up? You know, I just, I'll, I'll call it to um, call it to the AFL for a second. We've had Lance Franklin out with a suspension and the, the Ford goal kickers have been electrifying. They've stood up in his absence. Yeah. And he's arguably one of the best forwards of the modern generation. He's on his way out now. So it's like, you know, it, it's just a test for your other squad. You know, you got to stand up and, you know, pretty much prove why you're there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Helium Wookie comes in and Helium Wookie for me is another gun. It's just another exceptional second rower there at the Cows. So it's going to be great to see what happens there. Hopefully they can keep holding the form. Let's move on to our second game of Super Saturday. Wow, wow, wow. Rabbitohs getting it done 13-12. Now, there's a lot to dissect in this game. Let's start off with how wonderful it was for the Bunnies to get the win. Obviously, for Johnny Sattler there. And uh, it was amazing what they put on at the beginning of the match. I thought that was really special, really sentimental to the Sattler family and to John himself. And to stop it uh, 13 minutes in, I thought that was really nice. Everyone kept a minute silence, which was great. No idiots there yelling out. But also they won and the score was 13, which I thought was uh, pretty crazy as well. It was Johnny Sattler's number. But let's get into this game now. The boys know I was a little bit emotional uh, in this game. I I had Manly to win and, look, I'm not happy with Josh Alloyer, but we'll, we'll start off with the Bunnies. Reese. Take us through the Bunnies. I actually didn't think they were, like, I, I didn't actually think they were the better team. I, I thought they started off a little bit slow. Yeah, I thought, yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I definitely had Manly to, manly on this one. Uh, it, in my tipping, at least, you know, yeah. I, I think in, in my betting, I went sort of the other direction. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty stoked with the result. Like, it's, uh, it's definitely, what, what do we had? Two one-point victories in this round. Like, it's yeah. nuts. Yeah. It, it's actually been the closest four rounds in the competition in a long time. It's been Boxy, amazing, you know. Boxy, the emotion in this game was incredible. Yeah, it was. And and it, I'll, I'll quote Reese on this. A couple of years ago, obviously, Adam Goods had his, you know, little debacle with his Indigenous thing where the game stopped and everyone clapped like they did with the John Sattler thing. I think it's great. I think it's fantastic for the game. I think it promotes, you know, the legends that come before are still recognised now. But at the same time, 
it was just a good hard game of football, and it's, it, was. it was finals football in round four. Yeah, so definitely, it, it, it was awesome. Definitely, uh, Craig Daily Cherry Evans wound back the clock there with a great intercept try to score. He's uh, making a bit of a name for himself with these intercepts. He's there was a few intercepts on the weekend. Oh, I love seeing intercept try. I absolutely oh, love it. Great. But he's he's turned the clock back. He's having a great start <laughs> to the season. A hat trick on on round one, I think it yep. was. But yep. I think I think Manly were the better team. Uh, just the you know luck went towards the Rabbitohs towards the end. So yeah, Manly uh, are shaping up to for a solid year by the looks of it. Yeah, well, news in today, a little bit of late mail, that Joshy Schuster may be out injured for this round. And he's sort of the only 5'8". They've obviously got Cooper Johns there as well. But, uh, yeah, big loss if that is true for this round. I may have to throw a sneaky tip on the Knights. But, yeah, this game, full of emotion, obviously went into Golden Point again. And... Yeah, Josh Allier, he even came out and apologised to the club and to the fans and said, you know, definitely his fault there. I mean, to drop it 10 metres out gifts a team lots of field possession. But at the end of the day, Bunny's got it done. Great to see for Johnny Sattler and for the wider Rabbitohs community. Also, how good were the jerseys? So good. I loved it. The half bunny. I love, a, love a good throwback. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So I didn't understand the half bunny, but the half bunny is because back in those days when John Sattler played, they had one jersey all season, and in round one in a tackle or whatever, half the, the, the rabbit got ripped in half. Oh, so he wow. He played the rest of that season with half a rabbit. That's how the half rabbit came about. There you go. There you go. See, you wouldn't hear that on any other podcast. So thank you for that, Craig. That's, That's right. wonderful. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our first game. Wouldn't read of... that on a fantail. That's it. Let's move on to our first game of Sunday footy. It was the Warriors against the Doggies. Warriors getting it done 16-14. I watched glimpses of this game. I was a bit out in the city at the time. I tip the Waz. Good to see them get the win here. But it started... All doggies. I mean, doggies won the first two minutes with Jacob Caraz, and I thought, oh, no, here we go. Another tip wrong. But the Wires held out some amazing defense. Boxy, let's start with you, mate. Sean Johnson, what a first four rounds he is having. He is looking incredible. I will say this. I think a, a, a happy Sean Johnson is the best thing for New Zealand rugby league. Absolutely. He is... He still has got class above. Yeah. And the fact that he, he I want to say single-handedly, because I thought that the forward guy, the forward, is it Hassan Ford? Oh, Jackson Ford. Jackson Harrison Ford's Ford, the sorry. actor. That's Indiana Jones, mate. Yeah, that's Star Wars. Yeah, thanks, mate. <laughs> uh, I, I thought they were both probably the two guys that really carried them over the line. And, and Sean yeah. Johnson was amazing. And, you know, like you said, Karaz was amazing early. But, oh. yeah, I think it was a, a very big missed opportunity by the Bulldogs to not take that win. There was. Jacob Karaz is actually second in the Delhi M charts at the moment. So it's so weird seeing a winger up there. You do not see it often. Craig, uh want to talk a bit about the Dogs here. And it's finally happened. They've bitten the bullet on Kyle Flanagan. Uh, Joshy Reynolds back at 14 this week, which is great to see him return back to Belmore. But Kyle Flanagan keeps getting that spot. And the issue I have with Flanagan is he's not a running half. I think he ran for about, I think, something like 
30, 40 metres in this game. So do you think they need to start maybe looking at uh, Reynolds or even that young, uh, uh, the young kid from the Broncos, o- O'Donny Beidou or something like that. But he he's come from the Broncos system and he's a young 18-year-old. But I think a changing of the guard is in order and Kyle Flanagan may have played his last game. Yeah, we should see how Reynolds goes. I think just his enthusiasm, his excitement, I think that will be great. He'll work hard. He'll fight for every play. So, yeah, I think it's a good call. Where does it leave Flanagan? I think you'll see him creep back in. I don't know if Joshy Reynolds has got, you know, 20-odd rounds in him, I suppose. But yeah, I don't true. know enough about this kid from Brisbane. So, yeah, I think with Flanagan, it will be go back to reserve grade, practice hard, work hard on these things. And... I listened to a podcast the other day with Cameron Seraldo, the the coach on there, and he's a deep thinker. Like he's he's doing a lot of things at the moment to make sure they're getting the best out of everyone in those lower grades. So I think Flanning will get the right support that he needs and he'll pop up later on. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, when he was at the Chooks, I thought he was actually a really good underrated player. Uh so you know yeah, it's, it's just been a tough slog at the dogs. Obviously, the past few years haven't been great for them. Reese, I have a chat with you, mate, about Matty Burton. Now, we saw what Matty Burton did last year in his first season at the Dogs. It was absolutely electrifying. This year hasn't really set the world alight. Is he in our second year syndrome at the moment where players start to dwindle a little bit? Yeah, it can it can happen, surely. Like you yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't really have too much to say. It's just it's just one of those things where yeah, you, know, you can you can do it so well for so long, and then just yeah, you know, just just need to hold your head. Yeah, definitely for sure. Tune right, in let's... on that, Joey, with Manny yeah. Burton. You can't. I don't. I don't think there's a second year blues because obviously he's been playing first grade for a while now. So there's no. It's it, it's like we said. It takes time. Yeah, like he, he needs to build those relationships with the forwards and the yeah. backs as well. But yeah, I get what you're saying. I mean, look, he, he's an absolute gun player. And if he's not in the talk for Origin this year, it's never too never too early to talk Origin, and we're going to talk some bit later. But I think he could be around that 14 role. But let's just wait and see. Let's move on to our second game on Sunday. We had three this week, which was great. It was the Newcastle Knights against the Canberra Raiders. Now, <sighs> boys, here's what happened, all right? Blake, who is our night, our resident night supporter on the podcast, I had Raiders all week. I even said last week on the pod that I had the Raiders all week. And then up to the game, I was chatting to Blakey and I said, mate, do you really like, do you really think the Knights are actually a chance? Like, come on, like you're a Knights fan, but do you think they're a chance? And he said, mate, Braley back. Saifidi was back. Frizzell was back. Fogarty injured. He said, I definitely reckon we're a chance. And I went, all right. And I backed him. And thank God I did. Another one right here. Newcastle getting it done 24 to 14. Craig, unfortunately, it was the faders of old in the second half. Yeah, it was. Big concerned about the the old the old Raiders at the moment. So the only highlight for me was I had a uh, little sneaky something on Raiders <laughs> to be up by one to four at half time. And I did a cash out about oh. know, 10 minutes at the 30th minute. I'd hit tap out. And then the last 30 seconds, I was sort of cursing myself because I cost myself around $150. But then old, old mate Frawley just nails a 40-metre field goal, oh. puts them up by six. So I was glad I tapped it out on that one. But that's where the excitement stopped at half time because that second half was one of the worst performances I have seen. It has since come out that Jack White is potentially looking at leave the club. Yes, you can't yes. tell me that's not affecting his play because his kicking game was was not on. 
He's also out for the next two weeks as well from that suspension. Suspended, so yeah. That's going to yeah, be big. Uh, just talking about multis, I had uh, I had a little multi on pickle bet. Knights to win 1-12 to and Greg Marju to either score the first, second or third oh. try. He scored the second try, got up $266. Thank you very much. Beautiful. Reese. we go to you, mate. You just did not have a good week of tipping, did you, buddy? Look, I... I want to say that I I did I did better at the multi than I did with my tipping. I'm just looking at my tips now. I four for the round, but honestly, in terms of mate. in terms of the multi, the the Knights Raiders game is the only one I got wrong. Oh, well, that's all right. And that's uh, not at all. That uh, yeah, I was watching and I thought this this is ridiculous. You know. <laughs> Uh, it's a bit like that with the faders. They can uh, they can tend to do that in the second half. Boxy, the Knights, it, it just came from nowhere. I mean, they had that little win against the Tigers earlier a couple of rounds ago, but there was nothing like this win. Lockie Miller is shaping as almost fullback of the year if he keeps his form going. Oh, I thought Lockie Miller was obviously the difference, but at the same time, I'd like to know who his uh, state of origin eligibility is for, <laughs> because you know he's 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 very sneaky. He's very fast on his feet. He um he moves the ball well, and he he doesn't drop a catch. So like he'd be he'd be great to have in your team. So, um, but I think again, this is the only one I got wrong for the round. So <laughs> I'm I'm a bit bit devoted on that one. But at the same time, like the nice play better. So yeah, you, you yeah. can't fault him for that. So. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, seven from eight for you, Boxy. It's still a great week, mate. I mean, you obviously didn't get the perfect rounds. So you didn't get the bonus points, but still a really good week. All right, that's it. Oh, sorry, we have one more game. How could I forget this game? The Dragons against the Sharks. Sharks going to get done 40 to eight. Now, this again was a game that I thought Dragons, it was going to be tight. It started off the Sharks scoring, but then the Dragons scored two tries in really quick succession. And I thought, here we go. It's going to be a repeat of the Broncos. And it was a repeat of the Broncos. The Sharks putting 40 on them in that second half and just demolishing this team. Boxy, we'll start with you, mate. The Dragons, they're heading to the spoon like we thought they would. And we we just spoke of the Raiders being the faders. I think the Dragons are pretty much the exact same. You know, two weeks in a row. And, you know, the Broncos came back pretty good last week. But to lose by that much in that second half, that's yeah, that's saying something. Yeah, it wasn't good. Uh Craig, the return of Nico Hines. What a beautiful man. What a great player. He was electrifying. What a pickup. He's just in the zone at the moment and doing really, really well. Enjoying his footy, loving life, and good on him. But just had his hands on everything too. Like he was in yeah. the triases. He was he was in all the kick plays. He was in the tackles. He just does everything to go. And I just love him. He's just such a good player. Reese, please tell me you tip the sharks in this game. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, I didn't expect it to be a blowout, but yeah, I was. Yeah, fair enough. Got the tip. Yeah, beautiful. Well, we're proud of you, mate. And that the dragons, is- the dragons came out and did a did a hashtag save the coach or. Where yeah, it was yeah. one of the plays, hashtag save hook. Well, I didn't do him any favors, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, playing like that, Ben Hunt came out in the press conference and was livid with ripped his in. team. Yep. He ripped in, and, and so he should. I mean, I've been critical of the Dragons, but I've said every time Ben Hunt is the only player in that team that is stepping up. 
Ben Hunt tries his heart out week in, week out, and the Dragons team do nothing. When Barbecue Gate happened last year, who wasn't there? Ben Hunt. Ben Hunt is the only player that is trying in this Dragons team, and it's so sad to see because he's a great halfback. And, like, you look at him at origin level, how good he is playing the number nine jersey for Queensland. And as much as I don't like Queensland, he's a gun. And I think it's just sad to see someone working so hard for no reward. But, unfortunately, it's just Dragons culture, and it has been for a long time now. They haven't won a comp since 2010. It's their only comp as a joint venture, as St. George Illawarra Dragons. And I just don't really know what's next for them. But that's it for round four. What a great round it was. Now, let's have a quick look at what I've called Dynamos and Dungs. Now, it's a player I want to talk about who was really good in the round. We can each throw one in. And maybe a Dung, a player that was not as good as expected. Craig, we'll start with you. Did you have a Dynamo in round four, mate? Oh, we just spoke about him, Nico Hines. Yeah. Just so involved, coming back from injury. I think it was injury and just all over everything. Yeah, he was. And a dung, mate. Was there a player that just didn't meet expectations in round four? Oh, one to 13 for the West Tigers. Sorry. <laughs> well, I, I knew that was going to be his response. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got, man. I'm bitter. I'm dirty. Yeah, yeah. Every yeah. week I hop into sports bet and I can still see my one remaining bet, which has Tigers top four, which <laughs> I got a bit excited about in the off season. So yeah. <laughs> hey mate, it could still happen. You got you got 23 rounds to go. Boxy, yeah. we'll jump to you next, mate. Who was your dynamo for round four? Yeah, Lockie Miller. Yeah. I thought Lockie Miller was amazing. Um and, and for for him to only play only a handful of games and being able to control the team like he does. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. As as for it done, oh, I'm just going to say the whole Dragons team. Like it was just they got absolutely my language just smashed. Like absolutely yeah. fucking obliterated. Like, they did. They did. You you can't give up that many points and then sit there and you know like like you said Ben Hunt's sitting there going like well what do we do and you know yeah. I'm disgraced but you know it comes from within you've got to fix it so that's right. Well, I'll give my dynamo. Actually, a bit left field. I thought Nico was great at halfbacks, but for me, and a lot of people have not liked this, and, and even when I put up my team of the week this week, a lot of people were skeptical about my halfback, but it's Nathan Cleary. I just think a clutch play like that, to put your team back into contention for Golden Point, to level it up, Nico, yes, did it over the whole game, but Sharks won 40 to 8. Penrith were down by two points and were not going to win that game. And even though they didn't win, he got them into a position to win the game. And I just thought that was just incredible to, to kick a penalty and then straight off the penalty, kick a 40-meter field goal is just amazing. And I think there's not enough credit being given to Nathan Cleary for that. So he's my dynamo for round four. A dung, man, where do I begin? Uh, look, if we go on teams, I'll go to the Raiders. It just... It just wasn't good enough for me, that Raiders outfit, considering what they have done in the past and uh, I think what they've done over the past few games. It just, they faded and they faded hard against a Knights outfit that truly isn't spectacular. So I'll go the Raiders there. All right, well, that's it for our Dynamos and Dungs. Let's move on to our, he's been doing it all game, sir, our suspension segment of the show. And... Still, we've got, you know, Felice Cafusi with that four weeks and 
Jerome Hughes. I think that the biggest one we spoke on before is obviously Jack Whiten for two weeks. So that's going to, what implications is that going to have on the Raiders? We'll soon find out. I think that was the main one. There wasn't many suspensions to talk about. Now let's look at Cola Medic, which is our injury segment. Plenty of injuries over the round. A lot to talk about, actually, when we go back through it. If we look, there's a lot of... Uh, Obviously, the big one, Sean O'Sullivan, we talked about before, 12 to 16 weeks, going to be huge for him. The Titans team, AJ Brimson, round eight, they're saying, which is great, so not too bad. Uh, Kieran Foran, also round eight. So only a few weeks there, two to three for them. Um, for Manly, it was Kola, who looks set to be back in round 10 with that knee injury. Uh, what else we got? We had the Warriors had a head knock to Tamari Martin. Uh, so he will obviously undergo HIA protocol, so 11-day stand-down policy. And there was another HIA that I wanted to talk about, but, oh, Sonny Luke from the Panthers as well. So that'll be 11 days. All right, let's go into Wild Fantasies, which is NRL Supercoach and Fantasy. Now, this week I ended up with 874, which is not a bad score. It's just on par there. And, yeah, I got beaten my head-to-head, which wasn't great. Had a few players. Jackson Ford actually got me a lot of points for the Warriors, 72 points there. So, as you spoke on before, Boxy, he was electrifying. Not much really to talk about for Wild Fantasies. None of you boys play it. So, we'll move straight on to our round. (laughs) Move straight on to our round five preview. And let's get into it. What a round it's going to be in the NRL. First game, Thursday night, Roosters against the Eels. Uh, we'll start with Reese. Who are you going for, mate? Roosters or Eels in this one? I'm going to back the Chooks. Beautiful. Love to see it. $1.60, mate. Eels at $2.40. Not bad dodge for the Eels. The only thing I see is that Roosters coming off the bye. I know Penrith came off the bye last week, but I feel Parramatta were desperate last week. After having not won a game, they were desperate to win. So I think... This week, they won't be as desperate. They'll obviously want to get a win, but I think Chooks can get it done. Boxy, who are you going in this game? I don't like saying it, mate. I'm going to go the Chooks. Uh, I'm going to go Chooks by eight. Eight, very nice. And Gloves, what do you reckon, buddy? Mate, I'm going to go the Eels. Ooh. I'm going to go the Eels. Eels, Eels by, by eight. Eels yeah. by eight. Well, obviously, you boys know it'll be Roosters for me. I've also gone Roosters by eight, Boxy, so you're spot on there, mate. Let's move on to our first Friday night game. It's the Raiders against the Panthers. Panthers, they need to start getting some wins here. They're 50% at the moment, two from four. We'll start with you, uh, Boxy. Sorry, who are you going in this one? Oh, Panthers. Yeah, beautiful. And uh, you've got a margin for us? 14. Yeah, Fogarty will be back, which is good, but obviously no White, and so Matt Froy will probably play 5-8 there. I think Penrith can put on quite a big score. Uh, Craig, what do you reckon? Uh, I don't want to say it. I've got my boy sitting very close by, and we're going to go out to the game on Friday night. But, yeah, Penrith by 20. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a big one. Cover, Jesus. Cover, cover your ears, buddy. Cover your ears. Yeah, and, Reese, what, what do you reckon, there. mate? <laughs> I've, got, uh, I've got Panthers for 12. Panthers by 12. It's also the Panthers for me. I've uh, recently, uh, Boxy again, we're spot on, mate. I've also gone Panthers by 14. Let's move on to our second Friday game. The Rabbitohs against the Storm. This is going to be a great match. I think very undecided between a lot of tippers. 
Rabbitohs mm. at a dollar sixty-seven. Storm at two dollars twenty-one. We'll start with you this time, Craig. Is it the Bunnies or can Melbourne get it done? Oh, I think the Bunnies. Bunnies will get it done. I'm not. I don't think they'll run away with it because they were cooked last week. They were yeah. fried at the end of that game. Uh, I'll say Rabbitohs one to twelve. I like it. I like it. Reese, what do you reckon, mate? Yeah, I like that one too. I just I don't know about the Storm anymore. Yeah, they're yeah, hard I've, to I've tip the, now. Yeah, I've got the uh, I've got the bunnies one to twelve as well. It's crazy how you could, used to be able to tip Melbourne as a sure thing. Most games they wouldn't lose; they they'd win more than they lost, and you could mail you could tip Melbourne as probably your your safest bet of the round. But now you can't. It's just so mm. hard to tell. Boxy, give us a tip: rabbits or Melbourne? And I think Melbourne are going to be the new Geelong of AFL. They're going to struggle. So I'm going to go the Rabbits by four. <laughs> well, boys, I've got Melbourne. I've got Melbourne by six. I think they will come back here in this game and can get it done over the Rabbits. And it's fairly as well. it's fairly safe, though, that, yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's not going to be by much, based no, on what I've seen. It's, it's going to be tight. For yeah. sure. If they get That's it done, it's not going to be by much. Yeah. For sure. So, Melbourne for me. Let's move on to our first Saturday game. It's the Seagulls against the Knights there. 3 p.m. on a Saturday. Glen Willow Oval. Going to be a great game here. Let's start with you, Reese. Who's getting it done, Manly or Newcastle? We've got Manly for this one. Yep. And give us a margin. 14. Nice, nice. Boxy? Manly at home. I think Manly are just too good at home. Yeah, so I'll go Manly. I'll, I'll, I'll agree, 14 points. Yep. And Craig? Manly, I'll be a little bit different. I'll say 16 points. Very nice. I have tipped Manly, but I'm not 100% confident I could change my tip before this game. As I said, with Joshy Schuster out, I don't know. I just, I don't know what it was in that game last week, but I got Knights fever after they beat the Raiders. But I, I can't, I can't get too gun ho. I think I'll stick with Manly in a tight one. I'll say Manly by 10, just to be, just to be safe. Let's move on to our second Saturday game. It's the Dragons against the Dolphins. Boys, I'm shocked. The Dragons are favourites at $1.81. The Dolphins at $2. Craig, what is doing and who's getting the win? I I don't get it. <laughs> Dolphins will get the win. Uh, they've got this one wrapped up. So I'll say Dolphins by, by 12. Very nice. Boxy? Fuck are the Dolphins not favourites. That's oh. what I don't get. Um. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm on the Dolphins train again. Fins up, baby. Uh, it's, it's very strange, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to go. I'll go Dolphins by eight. I think it'll be closer. Yeah, very nice. And Reese, who have you got in this one? Dolphins by ten. Beautiful. Well, I think part of the reason that Dragons are favourites is O'Sullivan's out. O'Sullivan's out. Felice Cafusi's still out as well. That means that Milford is their starting half. Uh, so I could see a Dragons upset. And I've actually tipped the Dragons this week. So I've gone Dragons oh, yeah. by two. Ooh. Same time, though, Isaiah Katoa is oh, he's a, a gun. bloody gun. Yeah, but, so I think but, can, he, but can he lead a team, team yet? Can he lead a team yet? Damn right he can, Joey. Damn right. <laughs> well, it's Dragons by two for me, so we'll see how that pans out. Our next Saturday game, it's the Broncos against the West Tigers. We'll leave Craig till last. We'll start with you, Boxy. Who's getting the win? Yeah, the, the yeah, it's it's not even the question. Yeah, the Broncos are going to win. Um, oh, all right, and, and and I'll I'll say sixteen. Sixteen, Reese. 
I've got the Broncos for 20 plus. Ooh. Is that in a multi as well? <laughs> yeah, I reckon I'm throwing a multi at it. Oh, yes, nice. Craig doesn't want to hear that, boys. Craig, can the West Tigers salvage a win? Well, I've got I'll get the desk there on the Raiders game, but I've got my um yeah, the, the smart one sitting here. What do you reckon, mate? Who's gonna win? Um look, I'd like to say Tigers, but I reckon Broncos gonna win by Ooh. like at six point six plus. Nice, nice. Out of two in front of that six, I reckon. Heart <laughs> uh, yeah. oh. <laughs> says Tigers. Actually, no, I'll tell you what, Brisbane will win and they'll win by six. I'll go with you. I reckon Tigers will turn up. They'll play hard, but not good enough to get it done. Yeah, beautiful. I love it. Well, we're all on Brisbane train. Sorry, Craig, I can't tip the Tigers, mate. <laughs> uh, it's it's Broncos by 18 for me. I'm going big like Reese. Let's move on to our first Sunday game. It's the Sharkies against the Warriors. Points Bet Stadium. Love it on a Sunday afternoon, 4.05 there. Sharkies, uh, look, Amazing last week. We already spoke about it, 40-8. to eight. The Warriors, though, getting a nice, gritty, tough win. So it's going to be a really good game. Craig, I'll start with you, mate. Can the Warriors salvage a win in this game, or Sharks just going to be too good? I think that's what will happen towards the end of it. I think Warriors will fight hard. They'll go really, really well. But I do think Sharks will get away with it in the end. But I think it'll be a closer game than what you'd normally expect. So I'll say Sharks by, Sharks by 10. Uh, Reese, what do you reckon in this game, mate? Yeah, I'm sort of sort of in the same boat. I think it's going to be close, but I think Sharks will get it done. Probably uh, 8 to 10. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, and Boxy? Sharkies, but I've got Will Kennedy for a double. Very nice. Hey, it's, it's not a bad shout. I mean, he's been scoring a bucket load of tries already in four weeks. So yeah, he has. Very good shout. And it's um, a points bet too, so. Yeah, that's right. And can you give us a margin you reckon they'll win by? Oh, I've got 14 again. 14, beautiful. Uh, it's the Sharks for me as well. We're all on the same page in this one. I completely agree with Craig there. I think Warriors will grit it out for a little bit, but I think the Sharks will be too good at the end. Nico Hines for an anytime try score if you're putting a bet on. Uh, and I think Sharks by about 14 by the end of the game. I think they'll run away with it there. And our last game on Sunday is the Bulldogs against the Cowboys at a core stadium. Bulldogs are $1.93, Cowboys $1.87. Very tight in the odds in this game. We'll, we'll save Boxy till last again. Reese, who's getting the win in this game, mate? I'm feeling the Cowboys for this one. Yeah, very nice. In a tight one? Yeah, yeah tight one for about, about six. Beautiful, Craig. It's at where's this one played at? At a core stadium in Sydney. At a core, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think Cowboys will get it done. I I like the Josh Reynolds story, and I'll love it. And the emotion will get me, and I'll probably get sucked <laughs> in the sports bit with it. But uh, tipping at the moment, I'll say Cowboys by four. Yeah, beautiful. And Boxy, give us a narrative, mate. Cowboys thirteen plus or what? Can you hear? So I. I think this will be very, very tight. I think that uh, I think we'll still get up, but I think we're only by two points. Yeah, well, I've also gone the cows in a tight one as well. Again, Boxy, I've gone cows by two as well. I think you're exactly right. It's going to be very tight. The way the Bulldogs have been playing, they've had a few good wins, a few tight, tough losses. So, yeah, cows for me by two. That's our round five preview. Obviously, again, James, if you're listening, not for you, mate. Uh, you pick your tips if you want, but 
for for you boys, the double Reese's who weren't on last week, I don't know if you heard back, but James said that uh, he, he followed our tips and he got a few wrong. And we said, well, mate, we gave you plenty of disclaimers. So, James, if you're listening, we love you, bro. But, again, don't take what we say to heart. Our tips are terrible at the moment, apart from Boxy. Uh, so just follow him. No one else. Blokes walk and talk. They are about encouraging blokes to get out walking and talking with others across Australia and supporting females who may have someone in their life struggling. From hosting walks to keynote speaking at businesses or schools is where you'll find Craig from BWNT. Follow BWNT on Facebook and start the conversation with your mates today. All right, let's look at <laughs> the AFL rundown with the double race uh, boxy. Do you want to take it away, mate? The uh, the Reese's pieces here. Yeah, uh, so we got the, uh, yeah, we got the uh, just round two recap. We obviously missed out on round one last week, so I'll just go quickly through the scores. Carlton beat Geelong by eight points, which by by many surprises, it was a mm-hmm. damn surprise. Um, Good match too. Yeah, it was a fantastic match. Brisbane beat Melbourne by eleven points, and there was a blackout in that game. So oh, I that saw was, that. That was yeah. That was an interesting. Quite one. interesting. Did, did, did they uh, just get bored, or like what happened? Oh mate, like, uh, the gab is just I shit, man. <laughs> hey, you shut your mouth. That's a great stadium. <laughs> um, Collingwood beat Port Adelaide by seventy-one points. I, like I, I, I can't get into much of that. Collingwood are just the best. Mm-hmm. Richmond beat Adelaide by thirty-two points down in Adelaide. St Kilda beat my team by fifty-one points, so they kind of murdered us a bit. Uh, which, yeah, saying a lot. North Melbourne beat Fremantle by one point, which is uh, is a lot of topic of conversation, but we'll leave that to another time. Sydney beat Hawthorne by 81 points at the SCG, which was just a massacre. Essendon beat Gold Coast by 28 points down at uh, Marble Stadium. And West Coast beat GWS by 19 points. So... I've got a couple of questions. I'll, yep. I can throw it out to all of you, but I'll throw it to Reese here. Reese, my first question for you, mate. Are the Dacos brothers capable of being the best set of brothers to ever play in the AFL? At the moment, I, yes. <laughs> look, look at how far back it goes. It's just the the things that they're doing is remarkable. And it's it's just like water off a duck's back, really. They're not, they're not, they're not doing anything spectacular. They're just doing everything right. <laughs> So throw it back to you, right? So what I'll do here, I'll compare that to a rugby league sort of pairing. So what I'll do here is imagine a young JT and a young Cooper Cronk. Could you sit there and say that they are going to be the best halves pairing of all time? You don't have an idea, right? Yeah. But these two guys are just, they're a complete class above. They are just beautiful to watch. And if you watch them play, they never miss a target. Like, they are just elite footballers. And the reason I say that is because, you know, there's a lot of good brothers in the history of the AFL. But these guys, Nick Dacos is only 19, then soon 20, and Josh Dacos is only 23. Mm. This guy, these guys are just amazing. Like, amazing footballers. It's really quite amazing. Like, it's impressive. It, it's beautiful to watch, really. You know, we ha- we haven't seen such a synergy in a long time in this game. You know, with a, with a lot yeah. of changes and a lot of different controversies, but uh, it's it's definitely a breath of fresh air. Absolutely, and and for Joey, if I yeah, was mate. you, if you want to do a little sneaky little bet, yeah, get Nick Dacos in your uh, brown low boats. 
because there is a very good chance that a second-year player could win the Brownlow this year. All right. I am that's, uh, a, that's, a, that's a good one. Yeah. So uh, I've got another question for you, Reese, and you'll love this one. The Swannies don't seem to be suffering too much with their start to the season. Do you think they can uh, win their way back to get a flag this year? I think they're a chance. I think the um, the thrashing that they faced against Geelong, def- like a team they were definitely capable of going up against, just, just weren't. And I think that hurt them. I think they just they were licking their wounds for a while and... I don't know. Like it's hard to tell because we haven't been up against a lot of competition to start off with. Yeah, you know, you're looking back. We've um, Gold Coast, who famously are our, our bogey team of late since Joey Jew left Sydney to go coach Gold Coast. Just very ordinary. And Gold Coast have been starting okay in like the since like the last few seasons. They've started okay in the first few rounds, and then they faded off towards the end. And then we come up against Hawthorne and. It's just not, it's just a mismatch. I'm interested to see what happens from this round, Melbourne v. Sydney. And uh, I'll be able to be a little bit more accurate, but uh, I, I think they've got a case to push forward. And I'm hoping so, at least. Can I just jump in, boys? I'm in a little AFL tipping comp at the moment. And I don't know much about it. But I, in that game, the Demons against the Swans, I've gone Sydney by 12 points. So there you go. Four. And that's Oof. in Melbourne, I believe, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is. That's, last that's... time they played, last couple of times they played, actually, the Swans have actually pipped them in Melbourne. So yeah. that's yeah. not that's a very good tip. <laughs> yeah, no by idea. by a lot of standards, that's that's fairly good. They had a good they had a good match against them down for the final. Oof. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're onto something there, Joey. Uh, thanks, boys. What can I say? Yeah. And, and yeah, and just on a quick little side note, how's your tipping going in the AFL tipping there, Joe? Uh, let me see. I'll just get it up quickly. I'll tell you what I got last round. I only started last round. Uh, I missed the first week, but it's on an app called Fanzo. It's actually not too bad. It runs through like VB, but obviously the AFL one's a Carlton Carlton draft one. Uh, let me have a look for you. I so round. How do I see? Oh, here we go. Round two. I got four from nine, so I didn't get half. That's, I, that's not terrible because yeah. I only got five and nine last for, week. For someone who doesn't really know it, I had Geelong to win against Carlton. Um, everyone I, did. I had Melbourne to beat. No, Brown. they didn't. <laughs> I had, well, I had nearly everyone to beat uh, the Lions. I got Collingwood to beat Port Adelaide. I had Richmond to yep. beat Adelaide. Um, I had took your doggies, mate, to beat St Kilda. Frio to beat North Melbourne. I see that was tight. That was really yeah. close. Um, no, that is one of the most controversial calls. Oh, really? In a long time. Yeah. yeah. So what happened was, a long story short, Fremantle's kicked the ball on the forward line. North Melbourne's defended it. They kicked the ball towards the sideline, which would have been deliberate out of bounds. The siren went. So the players couldn't hear the actual whistle of the yeah. umpire saying that's the end of the game or it's oh. a free kick. So it's all up in the air. And then uh, North Melbourne beat Freeman by a point. Oh. And the whole of WA at that ground went bananas. Oh, Absolute bananas. They do that, though. <laughs> and then uh, to finish off, I took the Swannies, obviously, to beat the Hawks, which they pumped them. Uh, I took Essendon to beat the Suns, and I took GWS to beat West Coast, which didn't happen. But, yeah, fourth from nine, I 
was happy with that. I don't really know what I'm doing. Mate, so, yeah, it's fun. That's that's not bad at all. I'll, I'll <laughs> that's take good. that for sure. Uh, I've got another question for you here, Reese. Geelong's age gap. So I'm a big believer in Geelong uh, going to struggle this year. I think they're going to be very – they're struggling a lot without Joel Selwood. Do you believe that they can be a genuine contender even though they've had a poor start to the season? No, nah, no, nah, I, I don't think so. I think they're just going to they're, – they're holding on to – they're just holding on. I, th- I think eventually at some point they're just going to – they're just going to run dry. You know, and Joel, like I said, Joel, Joel Selwood can't fault the man. What a fantastic career. And he brought so much to that side that cannot be cannot be forgotten. And his his absence is going to play a huge part in Geelong's up their success or their failure because he was driving that team and it's going to happen soon. You've got uh you got the likes of Tom Hawkins who's getting older, you know. Patrick Dangerfield probably has a few few years left in him. They're, they're just they're getting older, you know. Experience is what won them their flag, and yeah. they they kicked ass. Eventually, there's going to be a younger, stronger team that's just going to come up against them, and they're not going to know what to do. That's where I went in the grand final. I just thought these younger sides are going to outrun Geelong, and what I saw in the finals campaign was uh, unholy. <laughs> and and Joey, I'll throw this back to you. So yeah, I mate. compare Geelong a lot to Melbourne Storm here. Yep. Melbourne are an aging list and they've been so consistent over such a long time. It's time for Melbourne Storm and and I won't say I won't say time actually, I'll, I'll rephrase that. It's it's now that obviously you can look at the Panthers and they've now taken over the mantle of the Melbourne Storm and been so dominant over the three years. Geelong's been great, like Reese said on a previous podcast, where they've had a year when they win, the win, the year that they don't. The yeah. year when they're like, oh, yeah, we'll win another one now. A year when, oh, we'll just go fine. That's going to be the Melbourne Storm now. I, I will put my whole money that I ever earn on it is that the next couple of years, the Melbourne Storm are going to go from, say, second to fourth to a premiership, then they're going to drop again. Yeah. That's just the way that these goes. Yeah, I I have a little bit of a different view about Melbourne. I think that once Bellamy uh, retires, which is looking like it may be next season, he this could be his last season with Melbourne, depending how they go. I actually think they may just drop altogether until they get a coach of Bellamy's standard and can pick up these marquee players again. Like, yes, they've got Ryan Pappenhausen, obviously sitting in the wings, injured at the moment, who is an absolute star of this team and and Money Munster and um. Jerome Hughes obviously stars, but I think they need they need a big forward pack again. Like the loss of the Bromwich brothers and Gafusi and the Cheese was huge for them, and it just it, it it put a shock through this Melbourne team. But I actually think that yeah, once Bellamy retires, I think they're really going to struggle because he's basically been their coach the whole time, it, apart from the first two years that they were in the comp, and they actually won. They, they were in the grand final. They won the comp their first ever season in it, so which was pretty incredible to do. But he's pretty much been their coach the whole way through. So I don't know. I, I can see what you're saying, and I think they definitely may pop up again for a premiership down the track. But I think we could actually be seeing a bit of a premiership delay for Melbourne. It may be, it may be a sort of Parramatta fiasco, 20, 30 years. I, I think once Bellamy retires, I think that's going to send shockwaves for Melbourne. I can throw that back to you, and Reese will understand this. When Chris Scott took over Geelong in 2011, 
he had probably one of the greatest teams ever assembled. His first year of coaching, he won the premiership. Yeah, wow. And he had to wait, what was it, freaking 11 years, 12 years till he got another one. Yeah. But he was consistently there, exactly like Craig Bellamy. So it's a very, very touchy subject. Um, I've got one more question for you, Racy. My doggies, as much as I love them, Western Bulldogs, poor start to the year. Can they bounce back in and contend, or will they just be a team that scraped through to finals? Well, they, they, they made it last year, didn't they? They, they just got through. We got to the, uh, we were eighth, I believe, at the end of the yeah. year last year. I think they, um, I think they can get close, if not just miss out this this year. I, I don't think it's worth exactly riding off the doggies just yet because, you know, you got to look at the, the success that they've had since 2016 and being able to constantly be in the, be in the conversation. I, I just, I don't know. It, it, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. I think they'll, they'll be, they will probably scrape through. If not, they will be flirting with the top eight. Um, I don't think it's, yeah, I don't think it's worth writing off just yet. I agree. We uh, we do love the tough questions here in the Ruck Infringement Podcast. But yeah, that's it. That's just a quick recap of the round from round two. I'll throw it back to Joey. And beautiful, yeah, good well, round of footy. Well, thank you, boys. That was uh, Reese's pieces. I love it, lads. Uh, and that's going to happen a lot more often. Uh, we may change the name once we come up with a good one. But nah, let's... nah, nah, don't bother. Don't bother. <laughs> let's let's look at we'll some. Throw it out to the actual listeners. If you can find that's out it. a better name for us. We will yeah. happily use it. Yeah. In, in lieu of a, in lieu of a question, just drop a drop a name. That's right. In any comment, any post that comes up, drop a name for our AFL segment with the double Reeses. All right, let's go into our talking point segment. We talked about the Finns losing their first game, so we'll skip over that one. Let's talk about this first one. Dragons told Anthony Griffin to reapply for his job. Uh, we touched on it a bit earlier, Boxy, but uh, it it may seem. Uh, Pretty redundant now because the way they're playing, he might not need to reapply at all. He could just get the sack. He will be gone by round six. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I actually called that that in our preseason podcast. I said that he would be gone. I reckon by about round ten, and I think could be the first coach sacked this year. I w- I would yeah yeah I I'll put money on that. I think he'll be gone very early, and I think it sort of resembles the way that he has coached. Yeah. In general, because he obviously he was at the the Broncos, yeah, and I believe he was at the Panthers, Panthers as well. Panthers, yeah, and he got sacked from both those. So yeah. it's, I'm not doubting his footballing mind. I'm doubting the way that he coaches. Does he interact with the players well? Does he connect with the players? How can you sit there and be a coach, a full time coach in a professional sport, and sit there and get sacked from two jobs? That's right. So I completely agree, mate. Yeah. You're spot on the money there. Let's have a look at our next one. The refs and the bunker looking for consistency. We talk about it every year about how referees and the calls that you get are not the same in every game. Reese, I'll just jump to you, mate. Like we literally just talked about that AFL game that uh, Boxy was talking about with Frio there and how there was a controversial call. What is the go with refs and consistency? Why can't they get it right with all the technology that they have? They just think that. Um... We'll just we'll add another person to officiate, and you know if there's more eyes, then they'll um if they'll get it right at some point. They've added an extra umpire to AFL, and I just they haven't got it right yet. I think th- actually I think that's it. I think we're trying to rely too much on extra people, too much technology, and at some point common sense just ceases to exist. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's, there's no there's no there's no definitive yes or no. It's like you've got. 
and I'll, I'll be quick about it, but you've got umpires that will come together in the AFL where one will say, oh, it's rolled through for a boundary line throw-in. And then the others will say, oh, it's gone out in the full. And they're, they're stood there chatting for 10 minutes <laughs> about what's the right call. And then they send it upstairs. So just keep it simple. Yeah. The the part I hate about uh, consistency, sorry, Boxy, is uh, just we, we talk about, like, we, we look at this game with Manly and the Bunnies, and now Graham Ainsley has come out and said it wasn't a forward pass and it should have been a Manly try. How does that help? How does it help after the fact? Because Manly still it, lost the game. It doesn't. It doesn't. It, yeah, it doesn't. It, that's a simple fact. It doesn't help. And, and and the one thing I'll give Broke League credit for, which I've noticed a lot this year, instead of being like every single time it goes to like a penalty or a trial, they're like, oh, bunker, bunker, yeah. bunker, bunker. Yeah. No, they're actually starting to back themselves. Yeah. And this is, is where great. I don't like the AFL bringing in a fourth umpire because they're like, oh, we're going to contest this, contest that, contest that. Let the fucking people play. Yeah. Let yeah. them play the game. This is why you're professional athletes. Let That's them right. play the game. Yeah. It was a couple of years ago in the NRL where uh, penalties were just called. There was almost games where players weren't tired because there were so many stoppages in the game. There was like 17 penalties to each team, and it was just crazy. And what I hate about Origin is when they ref Origin that way. With Origin, you got to mm. flow. You got to let the game yeah. flow. Let it go. It's New South Wales against Queensland. Let them hit each other. Like it's Origin. Oh, like, just let, yeah. let the game the flow. Point. Play some footy. Yes, if there's you know if it's if it's that bad that a player has to be sent off, then stop it then. But apart from that, let the game flow. Refs learn some consistency. And the last talking point I wanted to talk about is the little Clint Gufferson scenario at the moment. So Eels have talked to Guffo and said, hey, mate, just so you know, where you're not getting the sack. You're still our fullback, but we're looking for an X-factor player to play fullback or to play somewhere else. It was a really weird conversation to have because for me, Guffo is probably in my top five when it comes to fullbacks. So what, what he's done at Parramatta, I mean, I don't get why you would be looking for another fullback when you've got Guffo there. It's very strange. I've I've got two sides of this story. So I I like Guffo as a player. Yeah. What I don't like is the fact that if you're sitting there saying you need an X Factor player, why are you blaming Guffo? That's right. Like I, I work with a guy at work who who loves the Eagles and he praises King Guffo and he, he loves Guffo, but he's not the problem. Like, if you want an X-Factor player, wouldn't you want it on, like, a wing or a centre or something like that? Isn't yeah. that where most of the popular or the most consistent teams have that X-Factor player? Like, you look at Stephen Crichton. He's the X-Factor for the Panthers. Well, or you look at Brian Toto. Apparently, they've like identified Jaden Campbell from the Titans as the player they want. And at the moment, Campbell's been playing that 14 role because Brimson's your starting fullback. But you, you don't really need a fullback at 14. So, so you, you don't need a roaming fullback. When when you've got a player like Gufferson, you're exactly right. If you're looking for an X factor, you look for a center or you look for a lock. Like you look for a player who is going to change the game, maybe a hooker or a half, but or, or I'll, a center. I'll throw a name out for you here, Joey. Yeah. What what about Ben Hunt? Hey, he would not be lost in a Parramatta jersey at all. Mitch <laughs> Moses to the Tigers, Ben Hunt to the Eels. You heard it here first. He 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 plays Queensland hooker, even yeah. though I still think Harry Green should be playing first 
starting fullback. Yeah. But he can play any back position. Yeah. He's he exactly. played it at international and local level. Like why would you not consider someone like that? Yeah. Get I, him on a pay cut and then just go, okay, hey mate, we're gonna pay you say six hundred grand a year. Guffo, we'll pay you out. You can go back to Manly and that way you're not driving and paying ninety dollars in tolls each week. Oh, I Something completely like I completely agree. It's um it's it's going to be interesting because I, I think there's going to be more to the story. We'll find out. But that's it for our talking point segment. You know, boys, it doesn't get much better than watching sport on a Sunday arvo. However, sometimes you need a snack. And now, with Gibson's country-style jerky, your snack needs are complete. With a wide variety of flavors, including teriyaki, honey soy garlic, mild chili, and pepper steak, Gibson's has all your jerky needs covered. Get your jerky at gibsoncountrystylejerky.com. Or follow Gibson's Country Style Jerky on Facebook and Instagram. And now, if you use the code PODCAST, you'll get 10% off. Gibson's Country Style Jerky, for the snackaholic in you. All right, boys, want to have a bit of fun on the pod now. Let's look at our top five. We're going to do some top five segments over the next few weeks. We're going to start with fullbacks. Uh, Boxy and I had a little discussion a couple of weeks ago about a certain fullback. So I want to talk fullbacks today. Uh, let's start with you, Boxy. Do you want to give us your top five and give us a little why next to each one? Okay, so for me, number one, oh, God. Is this current players? Uh, yeah, we'll do current for now. Top five in the okay, game. current players. I would put right now, and hear me out here, I'm going to put Reese Walsh. Nice. Just on form. 100%. Um, I think 100%. he's... I think he's amazing. I think yeah. he's a very good young fullback who, like I said in a previous podcast, he's got the freedom now and he's learned, he's matured to be a better fullback. Yeah. Number two, I don't like doing this, but Callum Ponga. Callum Ponga should be playing fullback. He should not be playing fucking 5'8". He sucks 100%. at 5'8". <laughs> but I love Lockie Miller at fullback. Yeah. Uh, number three, I've got Will Kennedy. Yep, I like it. I really like Will Kennedy. Um, I think he's he's probably the most dynamic scorer we've seen for a while, and I think that's great. Tommy Turbo is probably number four. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I, Tommy Turbo, to me, is a better centre than he is a fullback. He's a gunning centre in origin. He is. And mm. if you're playing that good a rep level, why are you not playing there during the year? Yeah. And I understand Manly is struggling in certain positions, but... Yep. I think you should be playing there. And fifth, I don't like James Tedesco at all. So I'm going to put Ryan Pappenhausen there, even though he's in. Hasn't even played a game. Oh, no. But I, I just I can't stand Tedesco. <laughs> I can't stand the way he plays. I just don't. Because he runs can, around in circles like I, a I know, but, but, but can, can, look, can we have a conversation about Teddy, right? So... Teddy's not in my top five if we're basing it on form this season. Because this season... Thank God. No, no, no. This season, he has been really quiet. But you have to admit, whether you like him or not, in the past few years, what he has done at the club has been pretty incredible. He was averaging 250 metres to 300 metres a game at fullback. And half of that's running sideways. And he was still getting through the line, making tons of line breaks, tons of tackle breaks. Like it, it's it, it's still incredible, and to take over a team from players like Jake Friend and Boyd Cordner, who were the captains, and they were pivotal to the Roosters for such a long period of time, to take over when they medically retired 
to captain a side from fullback is a difficult task. You're thinking about so many things going on at once. And whether you like him or not, I think he's still got to be up there as one of the great fullbacks of our game. I am not doubting his ability. I've never once doubted his ability. What I was like, you'd nail it on the head, you run sideways. Yeah. So all his meters go sideways. Like, how can you sit there and just say he's going, oh, hey, bro, near him? Like, you, perfect example. He is the perfect example of Dane Gagai. You put him into a rep arena, he's a star. Yeah. But he plays local level and he just is not that good. I don't know. He's but been I, he's, I, he's been top three Daly M for the past three seasons in a row behind like Cleary and yeah. Hines. Has he won one? No. Exactly. There's your problem. Thanks, mate. I mean, when, when, you when you're behind Cleary, it's hard to win one. Cleary and Hines have been standouts. It's not that hard to get past Crimson Chin. Like, uh, come it's, on. It's a, it's a good it's a good discussion. I love it. I I think these discussions are great and. I I just think what what he's done for the Roosters has like he came from a team like the Tigers who were shit house and we and we know how many players the Tigers lost in that period. The, the Tigers have lost that many players. You could field three full squads full of Tigers players who had be, it club. would be a premiership team. Yeah, hundred percent with some of those players: Josh Adokar, James Tedesco, Mitchell Moses, just to name a few. Like it's incredible, but yeah. I mean, look, I, based on form this season, 100%, he's not in my top five. But I think what he's done for the Roosters, and because he, he grew up playing 5A, so he wasn't always a fullback. He grew up playing 5A, and that's I think that's why he's been trying to add that sort of playmaking ability to his bow. And he hasn't nailed it on the head as such this year. But I think last year, some of the cutout passes he threw to Suwalihi and Tupo were actually really good. But... Look, again, I'm a Roosters fan, so I'm always going to back him, but love the discussion. James Tedesco is as gumby as they come. I completely agree with you. The way he runs <laughs> is shithouse, but he still gets through somehow. So Somehow he gets oh, through. <laughs> I don't know how. I would not argue his ability. I would never argue yeah. his ability because yeah, yeah. he, he is who he is. Yeah, but yeah, I exactly. just I personally don't like the way he plays. <laughs> and I think it actually detriments some teams. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying he detriments the Roosters. Yeah. Or, like, the Blues. But you watch him at Australia level, you've got Latrell and you've got Tommy Turbo in your centres. And you've yeah, got right. Addo Carr and then what? Who was the other winner Brian in Tyler. the World Cup? I can't remember. Brian, Brian Toto. No, no, I'm talking about, like, the World Cup. Oh, yeah. World Cup, Brian Toto played for Smaller. Oh, yeah, true. Like, how can, uh, how can we you had, sit there and you like? We had like Valentine Holmes and Campbell Graham and all of them. Yeah, like how could you not get those guys? Well, those guys just run straight and they run fucking hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tedesco sure. just skips around the field. I don't understand it. I really don't, and I really want to understand it. Yeah, I but think I don't get it. I I think if we look at the stats, like I think it's more than just skipping around. Like I think you'll find that he actually does take the line on a lot, and and he and he gets through. So. Like whether whether he's Gumby or not, like he he gets through and and scores tries and sets up tries and but yeah anyway let's let, let's move on from Tedesco. Uh, <laughs> loved your top loved your top five. Sorry mate, months. love you. Nah, I love you too, bro. <laughs> hey, podcasts are meant for discussion. It's perfect, man. I love it. Uh, let's look at my top five fullbacks. I'm sort of in the same boat as you, except my top one, if we're basing it on form this season, it's Lockie Miller for me at number one. 
he has just been electrifying in in, in a night's outfit that is let, let's be honest it's shit house uh he has been so good for that team Reese Walsh is up there as my second I completely agree with you how good he's been in that game against the Dragons where he scored two tries at the end and he was just on fire and the hair stayed parted there was that much gel it didn't even move like he's just Man. mate he beautiful. is beautiful and electrifying my third is actually Latrell and look his form this season hasn't really warranted him in my top five because I don't think he's been at how good we have seen him in the past. But what I like about Latrell, and this is from a Roosters fan, I, I hate Souths, but Latrell, obviously being a Rooster as well, a former Rooster, he just has he, he has raw talent. Like what Latrell can do and the way he can palm off players and he's just a big body, but I do agree with something you told me the other night. I definitely think he is overrated. I am not like... He's so overrated. Oh, I, I, I am not the biggest fan, but I think based on his raw talent, like he's probably my third fullback. Um, fourth for me is definitely Turbo as well. I think you, you nailed it on the head with him playing center. Uh, what he's done in the rep field at center, it's just incredible. Like, he scores that many tries at center. At fullback, he gets injured a lot at fullback too. And I think that doesn't help his case. Um, gets injured a lot playing oh. fullback. So a move could be on the cards for him in the future. But definitely agree. He's my fourth there. My fifth is a bit of a toss-up because Edwards has been so good in the past few seasons. And the way he's changed his game, like he used to drop so much ball. But the past two years, he has been a rock at the back for Penrith. But I also love your Will Kennedy shout because Will Kennedy has been on fire this season. I think if we're basing it on form, I'd take Kennedy as my fifth. If we're basing it on best fullbacks in the game, I'd I'd have Edwards would be in there for sure. I, I think I think you can't go past what Dylan Edwards brings to that Penrith team. But that's a bit of our top five fullbacks. Bit of fun there. And let's now look at another little fun thing. You can jump in on this one, Reese. Best clutch moments in sport. We saw the Nathan Cleary two-point field goal, which was a massive clutch moment. But I want us to look at a range of different sports and let's see if we all have a clutch moment from a sport that sticks in your mind or has stuck in your mind for a long time. Reese, do you have one from any sport that you may go, man, that was so clutch and I just I just want to see it again? Yeah, I do, and it's gonna it's gonna go back quite a long way. It's the That's 2005 right. semi final between Sydney and Geelong. What a what a match! <laughs> what a match! Nick Davis, the hero for the Sydney Swans, in the end, it was a very. I've just got some some mild stats there. Yeah, we have a, a very low scoring affair at one point. Uh, with 15 minutes down, Sydney were trailing Geelong by 23 points. On a on a ground an SCG ground that had been yeah if if you're a Swans fan it was overwatered <laughs> to the point where you couldn't do a thing and it was allegedly Geelong's request twenty three points down fifteen minutes to go looking like the game is lost Nick Davis comes out of the park kicks four goals to put Sydney in a position of let me see, 53, 56 to 53. Wow. Come back to the center, and it is a, a ball up. Three minutes left. 
of three seconds left, siren sounds, the place erupts. Now, for I know Boxy might be thinking it's probably I probably could have gone with the uh, the Leo Barry mark in the 2005 Grand Final for them to win the Premiership after 72 years, but going to I, I, going back to the semi final, I just think at that point Sydney could have been out. They could have been done. Yeah. yeah. Going to the grand final, it was all on them to win it. You know, I've always and, thought it's better it's better to be at the grand final and have a shot than not be there at all. And and, and that's what a, that's what a clutch moment is. It it, it yeah. gets you to that position. Yeah, and uh, that that's something that will always stick in my mind as, as long as I'm around. You know that that was that was the point where everyone thought Sydney were a shot. And although that West Coast Sydney match in 2005 in the grand final was also a low-scoring, excellent match, I've got to I've got to come back to the semi-final. That that was the point where it was like we we're going there and we're we're taking it. 72 years without a Premiership Cup. This is this is it. We're here to prove a point. No, I love it, Reese. It's a great shout, mate. Boxy, you got a clutch moment for us? I'll do three really quick ones for you. Beautiful. Okay, so Ray Allen in the 2012 or 13 season for the Miami Heat. Yep. Got a ball on the outside. Sucker three. No one no one expected the Heat to win. They win. They end up being with Spurs, get the championship after that. Another bit of Ray Ray. Beautiful. Yeah, if you go back and look at that, that is one of the greatest shots of all time. That's clutch. Yeah, for sure. Another one for me is Nick Malcheski kicking the goal in the 2012 oh. Grand Final. The Swanee, oh. great snap. It was fuck all left. He, he kicked the first one it. too. He kicked yeah, the first kicked the goal first, of the match. Kicked the last. That was, yeah, that's clutch. And I'd say for probably as a league one, can't go past JT, can you? No, 2015, 2015 grand final. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah. Remember that match too. Yeah. Oof. That was, and I, I mean, the, uh, everyone the thought greatest he had iced it. grand final of all time. Everyone thought he had iced it first with the conversion. Everyone thought that was going yeah, exactly over. Right. And he missed and he was like, oh. He hit the post. He took 100 years to take his kick too. <laughs> As you would though in a grand final. <laughs> they exactly are right. three great ones, Boxy. Well, I have two. My first one is actually from the cricket. And for me, it was Ryan Harris, uh, 2014, and he was absolutely shot. He was, he was, he had no more energy in the game, and then all of a sudden, he just rised up out of the ashes, took a six far, and won Australia the game. And it was incredible to watch because he he honestly looked dead and buried. I don't know if you remember that, Reese, but Ryan Harris, his knees were done. He was just he was shot in that game. And he just found this burst of adrenaline to get him through a couple of overs. Ended up taking a six-far and Australia win. I mean, it was so clutch from Rhino. It was incredible. And my rugby league one, for me, it goes back to 2010. 2010 semifinal, Roosters versus Tigers. Bray Nasta, 30 metres out from the sideline. Kicks a field goal, 30 from the sideline to get the Roosters into the grand final. We'll play in the Tigers as well. Last time Tigers made finals. Sorry, Craig and Luke. Uh, but the last time they made finals, 2010. And that was so clutch from an Asta. I actually put that up on my Instagram. I don't know if you boys saw it during the week, but I had which one was better, Cleary's or an Asta's. And I think 
obviously Cleary's was 40 meters and it was a great field goal. I think they were, they, they were such different times, but it's the closest I can compare because uh, I haven't seen anything like Cleary's since that point. I haven't seen a field goal that good. I mean, there was, I think Benji hit one from 50 a couple of years back. And I think Darren Lockyer as well. It was about 45 out and that was a great field goal too. Which one is Cleary's one's one of a kind. Oh, that's never happened. No, that's never happened. That's what I mean. It's so clutch. It's got its own spot. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, there's some of our clutch moments from sports. Our next part is viewer questions. We had one from a good mate of mine, Luke Morrissey. Morrissey just wrote Heinz 14 Origin question mark. As I said before, never too early to talk Origin. Let's have a chat about this. Boxy, do we think – I know you're a Queensland supporter, but do you think Hines is in with a chance for the 14 jersey? I will throw another spanner in the works. I think Hines should start. Yeah. I think Hines should be the 5 eight. Yeah. Because the guy is multi-talented. Mm. Like, he's the perfect utility. Don't get me wrong. But if you look at Burton, right, Burton kicks bombs. He does great defensive work. But Hines doesn't really have a fault in his game at the moment. Yeah. Like, what what's stopping him from being a 5'8"? What's stopping him from being anything else? Yeah. So, to me, I'll, I'll, if he's not the 6, yes, definitely the 14. But, um, obviously, being a Queenslander, I hope he doesn't play. But, <laughs> no, in, in my own opinion, I think Hines should be starting. There's... To be honest. There's been a little bit of talk about that at the moment. I mean, Jerome Luai hasn't been in the best form, probably for the past two years for me. I think his best year was 2021. Uh, 2022, very quiet. He has started this year quiet as well. And if Hines keeps playing the way he is, I mean, it, 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 he's going to pick himself. He, he's going to get to a stage where he picks himself. How can you deny the guy? That's How right. Can you, you, deny can't. you can't. Imagine, imagine Hines on a left side and Cleary on a right side. Look, that, that halves combination, mate, I mean, it's strong. And I think we can do better with our utility. We, we need to play a 14 who, like, Hines is versatile, but I think he's wasted. I think he's wasted if you play him at 14 because you don't want to play him at hooker. You don't want to play him at lock. You don't want to play him as a running forward. Like, you want him playing 5'8 or halfback or fullback if he needs to. And, and they're the three positions for Hines to play. So I think he's a bit wasted at 14. Yeah, it's a it's a great question. Thank you, Morrissey, for sending that in. Don't forget, you can send your viewer questions in when the post drops during the week, and I'll put more Instagram stories up as well for you to comment on. Well, that's all we have time for today on the Ruck Infringement. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'm your host, Joey. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Gibson's Country Style Jerky and Blokes Walk and Talk. As always, I'd like to thank our guests, Reese Boxy. Thank you, mate. Reese. thank you. Craig, who's not with us anymore. Thank you, Craig. Uh, and I'd also like to thank you, the listener. You are what makes this podcast go around. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, or wherever else you get your podcast from. We'll have our link in the post for the link tree where you can find all of that. That's Boxy. He's Reese. I'm Joey. Remember, stay puffed. Stay puffed.